in our culture, the messages we receive is that happiness equals more, 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 right? The nicer car, the bigger house, uh, the better clothes, the fancier bling, so on and so forth. And the fact of the matter is, is that's just not true. That happiness doesn't really come from more, more, more. Happiness really comes from having good problems to solve. I am your host, Jason Lafferty. I'm your host, Dylan Dentremont. We are two dudes who review books. My dude, uh, how's guess, it going? Yeah, <laughs> it's going? You know what? It's 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 going. It's a little. It's a little weird. Uh, the bean was sick most of the night. Oh, that's no fun. I yeah. I he's yeah. So there's that. It's 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 like kind of out of the blue sick. So I think. Mm-hmm. Everything should be fine. Nothing else, nothing saltines and some Pedialyte won't fix, right? There you go. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But outside of that, it's good. Man. Life's life's good. Life's you know treating you well. How how are you? How's everything going? Likewise, it's been uh, it's been busy um, with school in the springtime and all that. We got track and stuff going, so I've been slammed with that. But it's uh it's stuff that I want to be doing, right? So. Um, yeah, it's the it's the difficulties that I choose. But uh, yeah, so it's been busy, yes. busy, but good, busy, but good, B- busy, busy, but good. That's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a good a good spot to be in is busy, it's a good spot to be in. Busy, yeah. I, I feel like it's very on theme for what we're about it, to talk about in today's. I book. would agree that it's apropos. Yeah, apropos. OK, apropos. Well, Sorry for yeah. the two dollar word there. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's pronounced Aperol. <laughs> yeah yeah well you know we're we're talking mark madsen's book um, man man oh sorry yes as in charles yeah <laughs> yes mark, yes as, it... <laughs> as in charles not mad is in that actor that, yeah so mark manson we're talking mark manson the subtle mm. art of not giving an f yeah and um I think it's really important that we we classify that we talked in post about how we're going to to do this book. Um, one of us is a little bit more liberal with the swears, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the other one uses prehistoric. <laughs> swear words. I call them pro- post pro- proto swears. prototype words prototype words yes i I mean i'm a teacher so i have to it's not that i never swear but i'm constantly in environment in an environment where i need to be checking my language so yeah if i get you going on space ball quotes swears will come out swears will come out yeah it's true yeah yeah so yeah no this is gonna be this is gonna be a really interesting one for us and we talked about how we're gonna do it and you know we're gonna try our our darndest to to you know make sure there's no swears going on um oh swears will be referenced through this but no oh, swears certainly. yes we're gonna I, reference I them all you, the fork in time all the fork in time um so this book i i was explaining this book to somebody and i was how i explained it was um this book is is refreshing and smartly crass mm-hmm. for a, a personal development book. Um, there are there are people, like I mentioned, who lean in on the swears a little bit more. And Mark is one of those people. Yes. Um, and it falls under that smartly crass and that smartly crass, I think of like Anthony Bourdain, um, uh, George Carlin was smartly crass. Louis mm-hmm, Black, mm-hmm. right? They fall kind sure. of in that that smartly crass category where there's 
some real true intelligence that is in this book. It's just packaged in a really, a really uh, adult crass way, I guess. I, I would agree with that. And initially, you know, I hadn't put, picked up this book, you know, prior to, to this season, um, just because, uh, I mean, I'll admit that one of the reasons, right, is that it, it is um, packaged in a way that I'm not used to with, with the cursing. Yes. But, uh, but with that said, I'm really glad that I did. I, I think that he has a message that's very well aligned with a lot of my values and a lot of the values of stoicism. And it's, it's simply packaged in a different way that I think is going to communicate its message better uh, to a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's a great, it's a great book. Um, mm -hmm. And we, you know, we, sorry, it's, I, I, I am, I think I'm the one struggling here to not, not say fork. Uh, <laughs> when we talk about this book, it's going to be my struggle. No, it's a, it's a, it's one of those books. I, when I got my delivery of books for the season, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm going to start thumbing through this. And I started thumbing through it quick. Like, and like, it was, mm -hmm. it's an easy read. Yep. Less than 200 pages, right around 200 pages. Yeah. He has the coolest like uh, chapter names. I, I was cracking up when I was reading. He does the have some solid chip. Chapter one is don't try. Um, and it's broken into subchapters. The feedback loop from hell. The subtle art of not giving a fork. So Mark, what the fork is the point of this book anyway? Like those are your four chapters. Yeah. Chapter two, your four, no, first four subchapters. Chapter three is the chapter. You're not special. Yes. Chapter two, happiness is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Emotions are overrated. Um, but but, but, but uh, if I'm not going to be special or extraordinary, what's the point? Yeah. That, that's the last section out of you are not special. So he has, like I was saying before, the, the, the values and the messages that he has in this book, I, again, I think smartly crass is a good way to put it. Yes. I think that it's going to communicate to and reach you know, a, a category of individuals, open-minded individuals, and, you know, people that are used to communicating in a different way, in a, in a way that's not as filtered, right? I'm willing yeah. to acknowledge that a lot of my communication is filtered by my experience and trying to be professional, yada, 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 right? And working with children every dang day. But I every think he- Every dang day. Every ding dang day. Um, <laughs> But uh, I, I think that he brings a good amount of humor and a good amount of crassness. And what it really adds up to is uh, a philosophy book, a book about happiness that is a really fun read. Yes, it, mm -hmm. it is a fun read. And I think that, and that's where that refreshing comes into the whole. Yeah, book, for sure. Is because of the smart crassness and because you don't get this out of a lot of books. And I'm sure there was a decision made here that some editor was like, yeah, just come back to me when it's not as crass. Right. Mm -hmm. Or maybe not. Uh, but th there's this refreshing part of this like very honest outlook of the book. Of like, yes. This is, this is just me being me and I'm not trying to put on this other face type thing. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, so when we talk about, you know, cause this is the second to the last book in our emotional intelligence series, cause it sure. is, this is an emotional intelligence book, even though it does talk a, quite a bit about happiness in there as well. This yes. did fall, this for us fell into the emotional intelligence. Right. But really I want to say that, this book all in all is about values so it brought me closer to emotional intelligence but it's really all about clarifying your values and you you know if that was the other way you could explain this book to somebody is oh it's a it's shortly it's about clarifying values right mm -hmm. um 
I mean, if we were to if we were to break down the title here, right? The the title is put into the negative, right? The subtle art <laughs> of of not of not giving an F, yeah. right? And and when I first read that title, I was like, so he's gonna tell me how to not care about anything. And I'm gonna be honest, I it was I was so wrong about that. Yes. Really, this book is about, like you said, clarifying your values and figuring out what do you actually or should you actually give a F about? Because the world wants us to give too much attention, to give too many Fs, as is mentioned over and over in the book. The, the world and the people around us are constantly demanding our effort and attention. And the fact of the matter is, is that you can't be balanced and um, feeling fulfilled if you're running around giving, caring about too many things. It's really yes. not about not giving any Fs. It's about choosing the things that you care about carefully just like you said in alignment with your goals and values values is really what i mean right so it's about of all the f's that people are asking you to give or that maybe you're even trying to give yourself what are you actually willing to suffer for what are you actually willing to pay the toll for because not it, it, it i used exercise as an example earlier right? If you're willing to suffer to get yourself in shape, even if only a little bit, then cool, that's worth it. That's something that you should care about. If you're not willing to suffer for it, then it probably isn't a priority. And you're just going to dabble and waste your time. Right? So and I I think about that when you know, I'm I'm commuting, if you're on the far left lane going the speed limit, and someone's behind you. And they're all, you know, upset because you're going the speed limit or sorry, the far right lane and the far right. Okay. Lane, yeah. Speed limit. And they're all upset when there's lanes to pass you. Right. Mm-hmm. That means they're willing to suffer for that moment. And mm-hmm. if you think about that, it's like, no, there's not, you're not harming anyone. You're in the far right lane. You're going the speed limit. There's lanes to pass. You're not causing a safety issue, but we, in commuting, we, we suffer for this. We, we get upset at things that really we don't need to get upset about. Sure. You know, and I'm glad that you brought up the commute thing. Um, shortly after I left the military, I had uh, briefly pondered um, transitioning into, uh, back into the restaurant industry again uh, in, in, on the culinary side, right? And uh, so I started attending uh, culinary institute classes and I live in the outskirts, um, probably 40, probably 20 minutes without traffic, but really with traffic, my commute was uh, a little over an hour. And I attended culinary classes for one quarter and between the traffic and some other factors at the school, I realized that it was not something I wanted to suffer for, right? Yeah. So um, by prioritizing it, right, by saying, cool, I tried this thing, uh, come to find out it's not something I'm willing to suffer for, see you later. I took that off my plate and I pursued other things. So knowing and acknowledging what are you willing to suffer for? That's that's a big part of how this book brought me closer uh, to yes. emotional intelligence. Yeah, yeah, it's a great it's a great book. I I think I, it's a quick read. I think anybody should really should pick it up. Yeah, just tuck and, into and it. You totally, if you're a quick reader, you could totally do it in a day. Yeah. Definitely. And really, and really, I, I think you know we could have we could have put this in happiness. Um, we 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 put it in an EQ. And for me, that negative look on it, that negative lens, it's this flip-flop way of thinking about our problems. It's a flip-flop way of thinking about our our values because we've turned it on its head and we were saying that, you know, no, 
you know, give, give an F, but give an F about the things <clears throat> you're willing to suffer for. Yeah. You know, care about those things and fight tooth and nail for those things. Um, and that way you can go and, you know, make sure that you're, you're living. How do I want to say this? You make sure that you're, you're living something aligned that you're willing to, to, to suffer for that you're willing to you know die for i guess so that thing that you're like hey i'm willing to fight for this because it is that important to me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right yeah and just that that way of thinking about that is really refreshing in the standpoint of you're not you're not reacting to all these other things you're not you know you're not fighting for everything you're fighting for the things that are important yeah it's it's really about minimizing the the stuff you know and he talks about this in his book somewhat of an indictment of modern media and consumer culture without getting too heady about it but basically for for in our culture we're often the messages we receive is that happiness equals more 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 right the nicer car, the bigger house, uh, the better clothes, the fancier bling, so on and so forth. Um, the bigger parties, the more travel. Facebook reinforces this. Instagram reinforces this. Our community, our consumer culture reinforces this. And the fact of the matter is, is that's just not true. That happiness doesn't really come from more, more, more happiness beyond a certain level of income, right? Um, Happiness really comes from having good problems to solve, right? Yeah. Of of being in a position where the problems that you're solving are appropriate to your ability level or problems that you enjoy solving and that we should never expect that we will live a life without problems. We should expect, in fact, we should even want a life with problems because happiness is achieved through solving these problems. Yeah, I mean, that's, when, I, when we talk about this book, that's the thing that resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's mm-hmm. there's a, two quotes in there. There's problems never stop. They merely get exchanged and or upgraded. Mm-hmm. Right. That mm-hmm. one, that one hit me. It hit me hard. Right. Wow. Right. Yeah. And then true happiness occurs only when you find the problems you enjoy having and enjoy solving. Sure. That that one two combo right there. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm like, oh, it's not that I it's not that I have a problem that you know that can't be solved it's just i don't enjoy working on these problems Mm -hmm. and it my problem that i don't enjoy working on may not be the same for you you may be like oh yeah i like those problems yeah let me solve that right and so having that problem that's like hey i want this is a problem i want to have this is a problem i want to deal with and i want to figure out Mm -hmm. oh that hit me it made me it made me look at my values it made me look at kind of everything in my life going what are these problems that i want to i want to exchange or upgrade for problems that i really want to enjoy solving and what are problems that i have that i don't enjoy that i just need to solve and put behind me yeah Um, the i'm trying to think exactly where this section is there's a little bit that blurs together here because the other thing that he brings up and i think it's this might all be in chapter three there's the the you you're not special right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's it really is speaking to this this crass honest way of telling you yes you you have a problem this is not the first time this problem has come up oh sure yeah in, in life right money problems are not the first time a problem this problem has come up for somebody right so there are ways to solve this there are there are resources out there to solve it you do not need to and one of my favorite things to say is you do not need to reinvent the wheel 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, right. absolutely. You you are not. I I love that chapter. You are not special. Um, yes. You are not special. Also pushes back uh, pretty hard against a, the an entitlement mentality. Um, and he he frames entitlement coming from two directions. Either um, I am special and I'm better than the rest of you, so I should get what I want because I'm better than you guys. Yes. Um, and and the uh, I, I'm great and you all suck, so I should be entitled. The other angle is I suck. I'm some sort of victim. Um, so uh, and you're all better than me, so I should get special dispensation because my life sucks worse than yours. I'm a bigger victim. Um, and it, the, he puts words to something I've actually been feeling for a long time. Uh, there are, you know, I deal with parents and students all the time who have an entitlement mentality. Um, and, you know, it's not everybody and it's not all the time. And some people have an entitlement mentality about one thing, but not about another thing. But this idea that, you know, the stuff that you're going through is stuff that other people have gone through before. A good for, example. For, hundred, for hundreds of years. Yes. Yes. Right? Oh, absolutely. And you it know, may be, the problem may be repackaged, but mm -hmm. it's a problem. You know, it, it all kind of fits into Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? There's mm -hmm. a, 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 it's going to fall into one of those categories and it's not, it's something new. It's like, oh no, this is a new thing because of of new technology that's out there no it's just repackaged yeah absolutely you know I, I was dealing with this the other day this entitlement mentality i'm running programs at school and we we have to have a deadline for people to sign up for stuff right so if i'm marketing a program to parents for a few weeks and i tell them that there's a deadline and i tell them that there's a deadline and i tell them that there's a deadline and then they're asking to join the program after the deadline. Yeah. This this season, I I put my foot down and I was like, no, sorry, registration yeah. is closed. And uh, what was going on in my head is, and and that was hard for me, me as a human being, individual. That was hard for me because you want to accommodate. Yes, and I knew that frequently the problem is not. Because you've got to realize that these programs that I'm running are for the benefit of kids, right? Students, children. Um, and most of the time, it's not the kid that's that didn't do the registration. It's not the kid that messed it up. It's the parents. And so yes. unfortunately, I'm put into this very difficult uh, position. And I, I don't like it. But here's my rationale is that um, if parents are coming to me asking, right, with an entitlement mentality, asking for me to add their kid to this program, even though it's after the deadline, I have a choice to make. I could allow that, that to happen. And then what am I teaching the parents and the student? Deadlines don't matter. The yeah. school will accommodate you because you're special. Um, and I decided this year that I was just not going to let that happen anymore. If, if you're late, you're late. Sorry. I have 90 other kids that need my love and attention. Um, I'm not going to be able to accept late registrations. I'm so sorry. And there was a recognition there that maybe this wasn't great for the kids. But the other part was that that was a problem that I was willing to take on. And if parents weren't willing to suffer a little bit, by getting their act together and, and getting their registration in on time, or if the kids weren't willing to suffer a little bit by advocating for themselves and getting the stuff turned in on time, then probably there wasn't going to be that great of a commitment to the team. Exactly. Right. I mean, that, that all connects back together. Are you willing to suffer for it? And yep. it, te it teaches, which is, I think there's a, there's a hard lesson there, right? Because when you yes. talk about this, you're not special you're not going to go to your child and be like, Hey, Bean, you're not special. There's other uh -huh. four-year-olds out there. I yeah. get another one. Like, well, we're trying to walk that line. Yeah. You are between... flirting with that line. Uh-huh. Well, and it's, it, you know, being from a military background, right. R trying to walk that line between look, you, you're strong you're awesome. You're capable of doing hard 
things. And also, so are the 24 people in your unit, right? So like, and, and we're going to go farther together. And these problems that you're encountering, yeah, it's not the first time it's happened. You're not the yeah. first person to do this. Yeah. So trying to walk that line, I think if you, if the message you're constantly sending to someone is you suck, you suck, you suck, you're not, you're not, um, you're not amazing. You're not awesome. You're not remarkable. There is nothing good about you. Like that, 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 that I don't that think boot it, camp. That sounds like a boot camp thing, right? <laughs> is that, I, I feel like you know, I watched that movie, but here's the thing. Here's why boot camp builds people up. Yes. You get some of that. You are nothing. You're a maggot. Although that happens a lot less the cursing um, at boot camp. Now swearing is not good leadership according to Navy doctrine these days. But what I'll say is that it gives people a unique set of problems to solve, right? And it's that solving of those problems. That's what boot camp does to you. And some of the problems seem insurmountable. And frankly, some of the problems seem made up. But once you're faced with that, like, I'm doing push-ups now because I didn't fold my underwear correctly. Literally a thing that has happened. Um, wow. How can I, I solve something this to teach problem? the daughter? <laughs> right? Like this is now a problem that I need to solve. And then next inspection, when I fold my skivvies correctly, I have solved that problem and I feel good about that. And I can move on to additional challenges, yeah. right? In boot camp, yes. they break it down to these super remedial challenges. Um, and problems that you need to solve. And then as you rank up in the military system, you're given increasingly complex problems to solve, yeah. but it's still there. And I'm not trying to say like, look, we all need to be part of the military system. Far from it. It's just an example of when you're presented with problems that you want to solve and that you're motivated to solve, you can put yourself in a good position to actually be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it makes me think of, and very not, not military, but it was just a, a rule that I used to have. And I have a, a similar rule now, but I, I work for this company. And if, uh, if Monday comes around and you're looking for a day off that week, right. Mm -hmm. And it was really when Friday ended, right. When we went home. Yeah. Friday and you know, you're looking for a day off the next week, right? You, you mm -hmm. come in, you're like, hey, I need Wednesday off this week. And that's all you brought me, right? You were bringing me a problem. Mm -hmm. And my solution to that was, no, it's Monday. You need to go talk with the team and how you're going to cover yourself. Uh-huh, yeah. And certain people were okay with this. Sure. Certain people were like, oh, okay, cool. Hey, I've talked mm -hmm. to the supervisor. I've talked to talk to whatnot you know this is how we're going to cover it and i would still you know do it but if you just came to me and said that's hey i need wednesday off my mm -hmm. answer was no mm -hmm. like i would tell them that my answer is going to be no if you're not going to do the work mm -hmm. because well you're, you're bringing me a problem that you're not willing to solve and it's your day off not my day off I'm glad that you brought this up because this reminds me of another section of the book that talks about taking responsibility, right? Yes. Which we didn't, we didn't talk at all in our, in our pre-show briefing, but this is actually a really important aspect of this book. And it's summarized with being responsible with what happens in your life doesn't mean that you're at fault, it means how yes. will I react based on my values? And the, the example that he gives is a, you wake up one morning, you hear a sound outside your door, you open your door, and there is a baby at your doorstep. <laughs> yes. That's it's this, not this, your this is how he does. This is his, <laughs> yes. his whole kind of crass way of going, a random baby is at your doorstep. Right. right or disappointment panda that we could get into disappointment Dis panda Disappoint later, right <laughs> I, yes I, I need t-shirts for disappointment panda but uh, a baby shows up at your doorstep it's not your fault that the baby is at your doorstep but the fact that you could stand around and lament and pull your hair if you have any uh, about how this happened it's it's not your fault that's cool but you're responsible right this yes. is in your lap now. It's at your house. It's in your 
life. And so he makes a distinction about like, by taking responsibility for stuff that happens in our life, it doesn't mean accepting blame or accepting fault. It means accepting this is now part of my life. How am I going to react? How am I going to solve this problem? And that's actually a really stoic idea, right? Um, We are accepting the hand that fate deals us. We don't have control over the tree falling on our house or the baby showing up at our doorstep or disappointment panda telling us hard truths. But we do have control over how we respond to that, over how we solve that problem. And I appreciated the, the new spin that he put on responsibility. Well, and one of his quotes in his book is, fault is past tense. Responsibility yes. is present tense. Yes. Fault results from choices that have already been made. Responsibility results from choices you're currently making every second of every day. Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. There, there's another one in there that, uh, what is it? Uh, we are responsible for experiences that aren't our fault all the time. This is part of life. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And th- this all goes to the other way to look at this book is it's not only a values book, but it's also a, a mindset book. Definitely. Yeah. Right? Because we are, we have, you know, we end up being responsible for things that aren't our fault. And you know, it's how we choose to do how that was. A, it was a really great section. It was that what section was that book or in that, what chapter uh, is that? I have it uh, like page 95 between 95 and 100. I didn't label it, unfortunately, between 95 and 100. So yeah. like the middle of the book ish. Yeah. Yeah. The middle of the book ish. It's a no, no, your quote, um, like uh, responsibility results from the choices you're currently making every second of every day. That's on page 98, 99. Okay. So right in there. My, my Kindle notes give location by some made up Kindle number, not, <laughs> not page number. So yes. Yeah. No, I, but I appreciate that. And it, it, We had talked a little bit in the pre-show about that a lot of what Mark is discussing in this book is a kind of a re-envisioning of a lot of Stoic ideas, right? This, This idea that we can choose our values, this idea that we can cut away stuff that doesn't matter to us or that we don't need to have an opinion on a bunch of stuff and get ourselves riled up. We can choose to live in the present moment and accept responsibility and love the hand that fate has dealt us because, and even back to uh, another Ryan Holiday um, slash Marcus Aurelius, the obstacle is the way, right? The, the baby's at our doorstep yes. now. This is where we are now. Let's deal with that. It doesn't actually matter. I was actually dealing with this at work not that long ago. Um, and one of my coworkers was really upset uh, they were really upset because they uh, thought that um, some of their colleagues had um, basically been um, slandering them behind their back, which it, I totally get is something that would upset people. However, they were spending so much time and mental and emotional energy thinking about that, ruminating about that, that it was really difficult for them to see in the here and now what they needed to do in order to move forward. Um, And to see the people that were willing to help them to move forward and improve and do what they needed to do uh, to, to feel better about their work. There was all of this mental space given to something that had already happened and ruminating about it was not going to help us solve the problem. Acknowledging that what's done is done, taking responsibility for the here and now and moving forward. I, I even tell kids, I, I, I don't uh, tell them that they're learning Stoic philosophy, but I tell them, well, the only <laughs> what's done is done. The only direction we can move is forward. So how do we move forward? Yes. Right. 
and that is a great what done is done the only thing we can do is move forward mm-hmm. right and that's that whole that there's that whole responsibility and whole stewing on our actions i mean yeah right there's another quote kind of in this section i didn't choose this life i didn't choose this horrible horrible condition mm-hmm. but i get to choose how i live with it i have to choose how to live with it yes right? and that again yeah stoic philosophy this is has to go with you know if we sit there and we i feel like the the word of the season is ruminate yeah and we sit there and we, we ruminate on this and uh-huh. you know i think about i think about past relationships and stuff mm-hmm. like that but if you take responsibility for it mm-hmm. and be like you know what i didn't handle that relationship well right I here's here's the role I played in with it. They played a role, and guess what? That role is not my responsibility. But and this was what this was my responsibility, and here's what for sure. And Mark even does that. I think he's actually really vulnerable in telling personal stories throughout the course of the book and saying, you know, here was a time when I was giving too many F's. Here's a time when I was um, showing selfish values, and I look back at that now. And I accept responsibility for those yeah. things that happen. And I've, I'm making an improvement and I'm bound and determined to not make those same mistakes again. And I appreciated and that vulnerability. It, right? Yeah. I'm, I, I messed this relationship up in the past, mm-hmm. right? Whether, you know, it's someone you're, you're dating or whether it's just a, a coworker relationship or whether it's a, a high school friend, whatever it is, I messed this up, mm-hmm. right? you you have choices you can try to to make amends with it and in the form of you know reaching out to them right or you can be like hey this is what my responsibility in this situation was and for sure i'm going to make sure that i'm not going to to do that again with somebody else standing around and blaming other people is not helpful the only direction we can move in for is forward. <clears throat> and that's not to say that that there should not be justice or anything like that. But what I'm saying is what's done is done. Accept responsibility for where you are and try to move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not trying to make light of anyone's pain or anything like that. Um, it's also useful to acknowledge that most of our perceptions are wrong um the, the Which story is that we I, haven't even got into that was sure. something he talked about um, there's a lot yes. that we're not covering in this book well but we can talk about that a little bit about in terms of values right and we've actually been talking for a while about the first the first of his what he lists as strong values which is taking responsibility acceptance taking responsibility, full responsibility for your actions, acknowledging that fault is not the same as responsibility, but you can control your actions and you can control your reactions. But the second one is, I I labeled it, I don't know that this is his exact words, but I labeled it as cultivation of ignorance. The acknowledgement that you don't know everything. In fact, you don't know that much. And whatever you're thinking right now is probably wrong. So what? And how he explains the wrong is great because the way I thought about something in high school, like I, you know, I I go Mm -hmm. through a a notebook I had in high school. I'm like, oh, this is what I think about leadership, right? Uh huh. If I'm thinking, oh yeah, you know, I'm learning about leadership and I have these notes about this is what I think about leadership. It was right in the moment. Yeah. In that moment, it was right. It was my belief and that was what I believed to be right. But I grew. Yes. I learned. And now it's wrong. And my current belief is right. But my current belief will probably someday be wrong. Yeah. And he even acknowledges through the course of this book that he's probably going to read this book in 15 years, 20 years. (laughs) feel differently about some of the stuff that he said yeah and i appreciate that right there's an honesty there and if you think about your i i was reading a different book it was it it doesn't matter what book i was reading it was it was go dog go it was go dog go it was go dog go 
Um, but uh, really, it was in a, a character does some time travel and runs into his old Wait. self. And Wait, he's you like, reading a time traveler's wife. Is that the book? No, it was not. It was the time traveler's book. (laughs) But he, you know, he looks at his self and sees the things that his past self is thinking and doing. And he thinks to himself, was I ever that big of a twerp? And then his internal narrative says, well, yeah, I had to be that big of a twerp in order to become the person I am now right so an acknowledgement that you you're going to change you should change we should expect to change in fact it's not wise to harbor the same beliefs for years simply because that's your belief there's actually a big problem in our american system with people standing on beliefs and being un so unwavering for some reason we think that's a value cultivate that ignorance acknowledge that you might be wrong well, and that's how you learn, right? And mm-hmm. they talk about this in the book. You're going to learn when you when you go, okay, so why do you believe that to be true? That's the uh-huh. simplest yeah. question. Yeah. Right? Why do you believe this to be true? Okay. Here's what I believe. Right? And then someone's either going to go, oh, and have you're going to have a discussion about it, or it's going to be, no, you're wrong, and discussion may close. Right? Yeah. But, you know, because there's two sides of that coin. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Why don't why don't we why don't we pause? Pause the time. Joke timeout. Joke timeout. Joke timeout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Record that and we can use it later. Joke timeout. <laughs> joke timeout. Yeah. Dad jokes. Dad joke. Dad joke. It sounds like you got one. I, I do. <laughs> it would have been hilarious if you were like, uh, no, I thought you were <laughs> I actually don't have a, I, it. Would I do have a very good dad joke. Okay, so where do pirates get their hooks? Ooh, at the hand me down store? Oh, you're close. Second hand store. Oh, I was so, <laughs> so close. close. Second hand store. Dang it. Oh, that's good. That's good. I like it. <laughs> I've been uh, I've been uh, playing a, a zombie survival game uh, lately in what little free time I do have, um, and so I have a zombie themed one. Uh, what does the zombie get when he's late for dinner? What? The cold shoulder. <laughs> That's freaking. That is so good. You don't get the hot brains. You get the cold shoulder. Oh, no viscera for you. Oh, that is that's solid. That is solid. Love it. So as we uh, as we there's there's stuff we're not covering in this book. And we can't cover all of it. We even co- we're never going to be able to cover pages. it all. No, it, Ma- yeah. Mark Manson does a fantastic job covering yeah. a lot of ground in, quite frankly, a short yeah. period of time. And he makes it irreverent and yeah. he makes it crass and he makes it fun and interesting. But yeah. where can you apply <laughs> what we've gone over so far towards your goals? So, you know, I've put a lot of, there's a lot that goes into this. And I think it ties back to you know, what are you willing to suffer for? Yeah. And, you know, when you think about, when you think about, for me, it's, you think about work um, and there's so, work is such a big word on how you want to unpack that, but um, it has to do with how we, take on other people's problems mm-hmm. right don't mm-hmm. let other people's problems become your problems sure right and mm-hmm. so if you're getting sucked into other people's crap i think we can say crap i'm pretty sure that's a way we can i think we're I, okay i don't know yeah. where we're cutting off our crap swears, is fine. but scrap is fine but if you're getting sucked into other people's crap right part of that's on you right part take of that responsibility. is responsibility take responsibility create mm-hmm. that boundary mm-hmm. right 
hey, it sounds like you're having a problem, right? Mm-hmm. I I don't have time to help you right now. But if you go out and you, you think about your problem and you do a little bit of research, we can talk about it here in a few days. Yeah. Right? It can be as simple as that, right? Um, it can be simple as to, you know, just tell somebody, hey, you know what? This is something you're going to have to deal with on your own, right? Yeah, absolutely. Whatever that is, however you want to, if, you, if you're going to Mark Manson it, it's it might be a little bit different. <laughs> might might use, be a little more brusque. <laughs> you might, might use some futurist words, but that whole getting sucked into other things, it happens yeah. all the time. And yeah. we we do it, we do it when, you know, uh, we do it when we think it aligns with our values and it's something that we want to suffer for. But I'm telling you 80% of the time, it's not. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, I'm making, that's not a, that's not a percentage from the book. <laughs> that was what, uh, what you're saying though, is that the overwhelming majority of the time, if somebody we go. comes to us with a problem, it's not really our problem. It's yes. something it's their problem that they want us to make it our problem. And yes. we can say no. Um, and, yes. and I struggled with this for a long time, right? We talked um, in Stop Overthinking. We talked about yes. being a time martyr, right? And saying yes to everything. <clears throat> That's a prime example of giving too many Fs, right? Giving priority to other people's no. stuff over what is actually value-driven within your life. And in post, we were talking about, you know, I asked how things were going and you said, you know, things are going good. I, I'm, I'm busy with, you know, extracurriculars around school stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's a problem I'm want, I want to have. Yeah. Right? Because sure. it's something, it's something that you, it's something that you're willing to suffer for. Yeah, definitely. I, I have a value that adults and kids need to be active. We need to be physical right? And so I can't say that that's a value. And then not I wouldn't be me if I didn't then step up and volunteer to do stuff like coaching and leading athletic programs that 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 would be a lie, right? That's being not genuine. Yeah, yeah. So I'm willing to accept those. I'm willing to suffer for that because a value that I have is that kids and adults need to be physically active. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also would, um, you know, you, we talk about how can you apply what you've learned to, to our goals. And, I, you know, an overarching goal that I have, right, is development of students. And I just haven't really had a name for it before. But oftentimes a student will come to me and be like, you know, whatever, I can't find a ruler or scissors. Right. And I frequently will not take those problems on right and it's a it's a small example but there are a lot of teachers who will say oh let me get that for you or oh they're in that drawer over there I will look right at the student and in a in a kind and friendly way right I'll say what have you done to solve this problem already right and I may or may not give them another suggestion. Frankly, my, my next suggestion is usually like, have you talked with any of your table mates about this problem? So yeah. rather than me shouldering that problem and saying, cool, I've got it. I will help yeah. you. I will solve this problem for you. That's yeah. me taking responsibility. I take responsibility for helping them grow. And you know what? Sometimes that means we know, right? That adversity and failure are necessary for developing strong and yes. successful adults. And if I'm constantly solving my students' problems, I am not exposing them to adversity and failure. Uh, yes. I, you're you're not you're not creating you're not creating successful adults. And we definitely. we kind of, you know, we talked about this in post in the the I said I had kind of a story to go with creating successful adults is mm-hmm. I remember and I may have told this story before, so I apologize to our two listeners out there for hearing this again, <laughs> you know, but I, I remember being on first shift for a company and 
I I thought I was the bee's knees, right? mm-hmm. and I I went to second shift, and then I realized how much I was relying on other people to solve problems for me. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. And you you go oh, and so I wasn't I wasn't a successful adult because I was you know I was relying on other people to solve problems and i'm went there and i'm mm-hmm. like it was very eye-opening it was very mm-hmm. like oh okay this is what i have to do right this mm-hmm. is what i have to do to be successful in this position and you know i i got my teeth kicked in a little but you know i i learned you mean I, you endured some adversity and failure i i endured. Yeah, <laughs> a dirt, a dirt. I don't even know what just uh, endured. Maybe a dirt, a dirt, endured, uttered, endured. Uh, uttered. It's with an e. <laughs> to utter means to talk. We're doing a little bit of that uh, right uh, now. It's a no, a dirt. Which I've had those moments too. Uh, dirt no. moments, yeah. Yeah, we've all had our dirt moments. We have, but and and really, that was kind of in a way that was kind of a dirt moment. It was like. I'm I'm letting other people solve my problems yeah right Mm -hmm. it's like no I need to you know I need to endure this pain and I need to fail a little bit and I need to figure out how I'm gonna I'm gonna get past that and then you go and you go back to first shift and then it's like your boss is like why aren't you coming to me with things it's like I don't need you for that now Sure. I, I know how to solve these problems. I'm I taking responsibility. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it's a, it's, but comes down to this is, this is a great book. Um, I do want to say for the, the, there's the last chapter in the book. Mm-hmm. And I want to say the last chapter was, very much so it's on theme with the book but it's very much so i to me felt different it was very somber in comparison yeah right i I, I agree you know why it's there Mm -hmm. it's important why it's there and it's not like it's a secret to the book right uh but he has an eye i'm gonna fight you i'm gonna fight you on that one i'm I'm gonna gonna fight you I, i won't say it but he has he has this this come to moment Mm -hmm. about change right and when we talk about adversity and failure right there's these moments are presented uh to you and it really comes down to i'm going to loop this all back together taking responsibility Mm -hmm. right and if you can if you can take responsibility in these come to moments and go hey i'm not happy with this problem and i want to solve this problem mm-hmm. then i'm going to i'm going to change and i'm going to do something about that and in the end of the book that's that was the catalyst for him or one of the catalysts for change at least. sure mm-hmm. yeah the so. the last chapter is and then you die that's the last section of the book and this is well aligned with the stoic idea of memento mori, right? Remember that you are mortal. And I would argue that the reason that that's important is an acknowledgement that every breath you take, you, this is going to sound morbid, but bear with me. Every breath you take, you're closer to dying. You are. That's just the pure, sheer fact of it. We only have a certain amount of time on this planet and if you run around the planet giving more f's about other people's priorities than your own you are wasting your hard-earned precious limited time you're working someone else's problems correct yours and you're gonna get to the end and you're like hey i still have these problems you are burning your life energy for someone else's issues so i i the the reason i i'm not actually going to fight you on it but i think my pushback would be that the sooner we acknowledge that death is in front of us somewhere 
and that our time is limited. And by running around and taking care of everybody else's ish and neglecting our own, that we're going to get to the end of life and feel like we have not accomplished what we wanted to because we've been accomplishing everybody else's stuff. Whereas if you have a hard values-driven conversation with yourself about what is actually important, what are you willing to suffer for? What are you willing to give a F about, right? That we can reach the end of life or at least feel comfortable knowing that we did what was important to us that was driven by strong positive values and that we can reach end of life feeling like we did what we were put here to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this book is about, it's really for someone who's looking to transition their values stronger. And that's what you're saying. And I think Mm -hmm. that is, it's very important that we're, you know, we're always pushing and we're always growing. Um, we feel like it's, we're ending on a weird note. So I do want to say that <laughs> in, in a video chat fight, I think I have a chance. I, I would agree. Yes. Oh, dang it. But yeah. uh, no, I 100% agree. And look, the, the memento mori, the, the understanding that you're not going to, that that is actually a really, it's supposed to be liberating, right? I know that people in our culture, we feel weird uh, talking about death. But once you acknowledge that, like, if you only had $20, right, you you would easily recognize that that is a limited resource and you need to be smart about each one of those dollars. If you know now that maybe you only have 20 years, that is a resource, that is a limited resource that you need to be careful about. That's, yes. that's all I'm really saying. Yeah. And that you would be smart about spending each one of those dollars if you knew they were your last 20 bucks. You need to be smart about whatever you think the balance of your life is. And spe- it, it, instead of giving bucks, you're giving forks, right? <laughs> <laughs> what a transition. You're what welcome. Well, you know, so on on the whole subject of death, we're reading Icky Guy. That's the next book. I just dipped um, my charger in my coffee. Sorry for ooh, the face. Yummy. <laughs> Icky, Icky Guy is the Icky next, Guy is next next book, and it's about yes. in a way in a way it's a transition book about death. Uh, it's you know, it's about living life with with purpose. And yes, I'm. I am I'm loving it so far. It looks like another quick read in the grand scheme yes. of things. You know, you you said that the the book that we just reviewed, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fork, um, that was the first book you read when you got your whole batch of books at the beginning of season. The first one I read was <laughs> Icky Guy. So I am excited to be uh, for me anyway, revisiting that book. Um, and I'm excited to talk about it. What there something just rang. A phone just rang. I just heard a phone ring. Like old time so, phone ring. I feel like my I feel like we might be having a little bit of lag, but it I I didn't I'm not oh. ringing. Okay. Well, I'm not ringing over here, so I don't know what I just heard. <laughs> Maybe it's my ears. But icky guy. Icky guy. Icky coming guy. up next. Coming up next. Um shout outs. Shout outs. Um I have a, a shout out and it's kind of an exciting shout out. Um, oh, hopefully in the next 20 or so days and in, in the next month, end of May, um, the bean will have her first book. We came up with a children's book. Okay. Um, that is based on Angela Duckworth grits. Okay. And mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. uncle Doug, um, and it's about rock climbing. So we're excited for this. We're working with an illustrator right now to make it cool. all come about. Awesome. So we are we are super excited for this book. I read it to her, and she's like, "Daddy, there's no pictures." Oh, like, you yeah, got to fix that because we haven't illustrated it yet. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's my shout out. It's super. It's one of those things that we decided to to pursue. 
in the uh in the 2023 absolutely that sounds good uh my shout out today is uh to my parents my mom and dad for uh growing up making sure that i had plenty of rich problems to solve (laughs) nice nice yeah that is good job parents also hopefully they're they they listen too because that's the shout out of my our two listeners or my our parents <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'll double check on my mom. My dad it does not really do technology, but we'll see if my mom listens. <laughs> both, both my parents are listening, so All thank right you, on. thank you, parents, if they got mm-hmm. this far in, in the episode. Appreciate your support. Thank you. Yeah. All okay, right, my dude. my dude. It has always been fun. I look forward to uh, to reviewing Icky Guy with you. And sounds great. Hopefully barbecuing as this weather starts opening up for us. I like that idea. So, Let's hit it up. Yeah. Till next time. Have a good one, my dude. All right. Later. Our podcast was originally recorded on Zoom. Special thanks to Skillsoul on Pixabay for providing our intro and outro music. If you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, please hit the like and subscribe button on your podcast provider. Follow us on Instagram at Two Dudes Review Books. Let us know what you think we should review. Keep reading, keep learning, keep growing, keep pursuing what's important to you, and keep listening to our podcast. Stay thirsty, my friend. <laughs> <I'm> uh, <better>. uh, uh. <laughs>